grab a seat. Man, it's awesome to see uh, this size of crowd here today. Awesome to see you guys. Hey, if you got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible to Luke chapter 12. Luke 12 is where we're going to be today. So if you got a Bible or, or you need to turn it on on your phone, your iPad, or whatever you're using, I want you to go ahead and, and turn it on, open it up to Luke 12. And if you don't have a Bible at all, don't, don't really worry about it because the words are going to be up on the screen behind me. But we're going to get in there first thing, all right? So Luke 12, where we're going to be, go ahead, open it up to Luke 12. And we're going to start reading in verse 22, and we're going to read down to verse 34, all right? So Luke 12, beginning in verse 22, and on down to verse 34, all right? Here's what it says here. And he, this is Jesus, and Jesus says to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you'll put on. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses nor barns, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If you then are not able to do such a small thing as that, then why are you anxious about all the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, In all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive in the field today and tomorrow was thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? If you've got a Bible, you should underline that. That's a big deal that he just said that. He says, O you of little faith. And do not seek what you eat and what you drink, nor be worried. For all of the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give it to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old and with a treasure in the heavens that do not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Hey, we, we're, in, we're in part uh, three of our series called Broken, and, and today we're, we're talking about anxiety. And I want to ask you a question here as we get started, and you don't have to answer this out loud. I really just want you to answer this uh, internally. This is just this quiet time, all right, so don't yell it out. We don't need to know because it might freak us out. Uh, but here's my question. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? And there it is. It's in your mind, right? The, the thing that you're afraid of. And, and, and you don't have to get all spiritual on me or anything like that, you know, or anything. Like if you're afraid of the dark, you're afraid of the dark. But, but, but what are you afraid of? And I was thinking this week about, about all the different kinds of fears that, that people could have. And maybe you're here and you're afraid of flying. Anybody here afraid of flying, right? Like this kid right here, right? Anybody afraid? Anybody? Anybody? Just let me see you some hands. Anybody afraid of flying in the room? There you go. Raise your, raise your hand. There we, we have a couple of people that are afraid about getting into a metal tube and flying through the air like you're a bird, right? right? That's, that's, that's understandable, but do, do you know people that, that they want to go somewhere, but they're not going because the only way to pull it off is you got to fly? Do you know those people, right? I mean, so some of, oh, there's a lot of people. You're afraid of flying. Or, or here's one, here's one. 
Who's afraid of spiders? Anybody afraid of spiders in the room? There we go right there. There's something for you. A lot of hands going up. I'm convinced that if God let Satan create anything, he made spiders. Right? Holy cow. I mean, my goodness. Listen, listen. Listen, you might be a spider lover, but I'm convinced you kill a spider, it goes to hell. That's what happens to every spider that dies. It just goes to hell. Okay? Those things, I mean, look at that. That's crazy, right? But maybe it's not you. Maybe your fear is snakes. Anybody? Snakes? Oh, look at the hands there, right? Oh, my goodness, right? Snakes. I mean, just, just the thought, just the thought of snakes is enough to terrify you, right? I mean, in fact, you should know we've locked all the doors, and somewhere in this room we've, we've released a few snakes. Snakes in the church, right? Snakes, you're, you're afraid of snakes. Or here's one. I always get these kind of people. I don't really understand this, but I get a lot of people that are afraid of clowns. Anybody afraid of clowns? Anybody? There you go right there. That's awesome. Right? Some of you know what that is. Those of you that don't, just thank God right now. You do not know what that picture is from. Okay? But, but you're just afraid of clowns. And I don't know what is scary about a grown individual painting themselves up with makeup and wanting to play with kids they don't know. Um. I don't know. I don't get it. But, but here's what I know. There's a big crowd this morning. We're having fun. But, but here's what I know. Everybody is afraid of something. Everybody is. Everybody is afraid of something. In fact, if you take a dictionary and you look up the word anxiety, what, what you'll see is that anxiety is defined as the overwhelming sense of worry and concern and uneasiness about possible scenarios or the unknown. It's, it's worry, it's concern. It's that sick feeling in your stomach, that twisted feeling, that, that nervous feeling that you get when you see a snake, right? Some of you, just the picture on the screen was enough. Oh, did you hear it, right? So something happens, you're, you're worried about it, or you're worried about something that might happen. And it just makes you feel nauseous. You just get this uneasy feeling. Everybody is worried about something. Everybody deals with anxiety at some level, some at a really severe level. So you have panic attacks and you need to take medication. And listen, we talked about that last week. I'm going to say it again today. If that's you, you're in counseling medication. Listen, if God is using that in your life, praise God for it. This is not the sermon where at the end of the sermon you need to step off of those and just pray really hard, okay? If God is using that in your life, thank God for it, okay? So if you're on those, this is not the sermon and there's not a point in this where it says, hey, you need to back off of those. If God's using that, Praise God for it. But to some degree, you've dealt with anxiety this week. To some degree, a lot of people, you dealt with it this morning on the way to the car. You were worried if you were just going to slap the crap out of your kids this morning, right? You just didn't know if you're just going to reach in the back seat. Bam! Right? Hush, we're going to church and praise Jesus. Bam! Right? To to some degree or another, you have dealt with this this week because everybody deals with this issue. Everybody deals with it. And see, what we don't want to do, we don't want to give the impression, because I hear Christians say this a lot, we don't want to give the impression that what Jesus just said and what the Bible says about worry and anxiety is that it simply says don't do it. Just Just don't do it. Just, if you're worried, stop it. If you struggle with anxiety, stop it. We don't want to give the impression that the Bible simply says, don't worry. Right? 
I've heard Christians, you've probably heard Christians that say this. Well, brother, the Bible says just don't worry about nothing. The Bible says don't worry, be happy. That's what the Bible says. The, the Bible doesn't say that, by the way. The Bible, that's Bobby McFerrin, okay? Some of you are like, what's that verse? That's a song, okay, right? But, but see, the Bible's more sophisticated than that. It doesn't simply say, stop it, because here's what Jesus would want us to see, and it was in this passage in a very subtle way that we just read. There's some stuff in your life that you should be concerned about, right? There's some stuff in your life, there's some situations that you need to worry about. The bills are stacking up and the money's not coming in. You need to get a game plan. You you need to find out, figure out how you're going to make that decision about which college to go to. You need to get a game plan and figure out, am I going to marry this person or am I not going to marry this person? You might need to get some kind of plan going for your health. Your doctor has had a a meeting with you and you didn't anticipate that happening. You, You need to be concerned about that. So Jesus is not giving this kind of life here where Jesus is just saying, hey, don't worry about anything, man. Just look at the birds, man. Look at the birds, bro, right? That's not what he means. Jesus is not giving you this carefree attitude where you don't worry about anything. There is such a thing as good worry. But when Jesus says, don't be anxious about your life, he's talking about the kind of anxiety that has the potential to take out your trust in God. He's he's talking about the kind of worry and anxiety that if it's left unchecked in our lives, it's got the potential to overwhelm your trust and your relationship with Jesus and just to completely wipe the legs out from under you and take you down. Jesus says that's the kind of worry and anxiety that you need to watch out for. And see, here's what we need to know about anxiety. Anxiety or worry, however you want to describe it, what you're afraid of, it always deals with possibilities. Have you noticed this? It's never about stuff that's absolutely certain. It always might happen, right? Have you ever noticed that some of the stuff that you're worried about is always something that might or might not happen? And I don't know about you, but maybe this is just me. I don't know about you, but my mind is unlimited about the possible scenarios of things that I can make up that I should be worried about, right? Is that you? Like, like I can get a Facebook message or a text message, and it just says this. Hey, Mark, we need to have lunch. My mind says this. Oh, my gosh, I've done something to them. Oh, man, they're mad at me. Oh, my goodness, I must have slapped their baby or something. Holy cow, what have I done? And so I begin to freak out. I begin to sweat. I begin to get really worried. I walk into the lunch meeting thinking, oh, man, this is not going to be good. Jesus, would you just help me? Jesus, could you come back? Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I sit down, and they look at me, and they say, hey, I just wanted to see how you're doing. I'm like, I was doing great till you freaked me out. About to punch you in the throat. How am I doing? You should have put that in the ah, never mind. But do you do stuff like this too? Just just the possibility of what might happen scares you. And see, that's how anxiety always works. Anxiety, worry, fear, it always deals in possibilities. God always deals in truth. Anxiety always deals in 
possible scenarios of what might happen. God always deals in truth. And so what Jesus does in this passage that we just read, Jesus gives us two truths that you and I can use on a daily basis to fight fear in our lives. Jesus gives you two truths in this passage that you're going to need to use moment by moment every day so that this kind of overwhelming fear and anxiety doesn't take out your relationship with Jesus. And so Jesus wants us to see two truths that have the potential today to change you. Might not change your situation, but it can change who you are in the midst of the situation. And so let's talk about these this morning. The first truth that Jesus wants us to see that we're supposed to use to fight anxiety is that God is your father. God is your father. I have a I, I have three little kids, and uh, my, son, my son Seth, this really happens with my son Seth. He's six, he's about to turn seven. But this happens with him uh, way more than any of my, my other kids, my oldest daughter, she's eight. Uh, but here's what happens when my son Seth has a nightmare. He will walk into my room, or it happens, uh, sometimes it happens to my wife, a lot of times it happens to me though. And he'll walk into my room, get me, say, Dad, I've just had a nightmare. And then he turns around and he begins to walk back to his room. That's my cue to get up, All right? That's my cue to get up and to follow him into his room. He gets back in bed, and he and I have the same pep talk that we have every single time he has a bad dream. He gets back in bed, he gets underneath the covers, and I look at him, and I say, Seth, listen, Jesus is here with us, buddy. Jesus is bigger than anything we're afraid of, and mom and dad are right here. We're just a couple of rooms down, and listen, we wouldn't let anything happen to you. Seth, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. You're fine. And do you know what happens? 100% of the time, basically, he goes back to bed. He says, okay, all right, and he just goes back to sleep. But imagine if he did this. So he goes and he gets back in bed, he gets underneath the covers, and I look at him and we do, this, we do the pep talk. And I say, Seth, Jesus is here. He's bigger than anything you're afraid of. Mom and dad are a couple of rooms down. We're going to take care of you. We've got this covered. Seth, I've got your back. I wouldn't let anything happen to you. And at that moment, he interrupts me and he says, Dad, have you looked in the mirror lately? Dad, you've got the body frame of a 12-year-old girl. All right, Dad, if you're the family's line of defense, we are in trouble. All right, I don't know. You have, it's, it's clear, Dad, you need to hit the gym a little more, all right? Other than a good headbutt with that massive head you've got, there's really nothing else. Dad, I'm pretty sure you don't got this. Write this down. Anxiety always says God doesn't have this. Anxiety always says God doesn't have this. This one, whatever it is you're worried about, whatever it is you're afraid of, anxiety, regardless of the spin that it puts on the situation, anxiety always says, God doesn't have this covered, whatever you're worried about. So you're worried about your kids going to college. A lot of parents in the room are facing that decision right now. You're facing that situation. Anxiety says, God doesn't have your kids covered. God doesn't have this situation. Listen, you need to go to college with them. You need to buy one of those parent leash backpacks. You know what I'm saying? You need to break that bad boy back out. You need to escort them to class. You need to call and text at the hour, on the hour. And you, need to, you might need to go and tuck them in because God doesn't have this one covered. God doesn't have your singleness covered. God doesn't have your singleness covered. In fact, what some of you need to do, anxiety says this, you need to lower your standards. You need to put a profile up on every dating website you could possibly find. You need to put a profile picture up of you 15 years ago in your hotter days. Hello. 
right? Right? Because God doesn't have this one. God doesn't have your employment. God doesn't have your health issue. God doesn't have your fill in the blank, whatever it is. And Jesus, at least two times in this passage, he says to us, God is your father. See, that might not land on some of you very well because you had an earthly dad that didn't take care of you the way that fathers should. And if that's you, if you have a difficult time relating to God as your father, I want you to know that your earthly father does not reflect your heavenly father. The way your earthly father failed you, don't don't impose that on your heavenly father because your heavenly father is perfect. And Jesus says, you've got a perfect Heavenly Father. So every dad in the room, every dad in the room, don't you want to take care of your kids? Right? Don't you want to provide for your kids, dads? Don't you want to, wouldn't you protect and do whatever it takes to make sure that your kids are okay? And Jesus says, if, if earthly dads, if you will do that, then how much more will your heavenly Father do that? And so he says this in verse 24. He says this, Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap nor have, nor have storehouses for their barns, and yet God feeds them. Watch this. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Jesus says, You are far, far more valuable to your heavenly Father than birds. In fact, Jesus didn't die for birds. And so if he will care for them, if he'll provide for them, then how much more will your heavenly Father provide and care for you? Listen to me. Whatever situation that you're facing, whatever mountain you're facing, you and your family, whatever situation you're facing and you're sitting in the seat this morning, you're filled with anxiety, you're filled with fear, whatever you feel is really big in your life, it is not bigger than your heavenly Father. Your heavenly Father is greater. Your your heavenly Father is stronger than any situation you might be facing right now. So some of you are in the room and you're looking at your life and you're thinking to yourself, does anyone know? Your heavenly Father knows. Does anyone care? Your heavenly Father cares. Your heavenly Father is stronger than anything that you feel is breaking your life down. That's why the Bible says cast all your anxieties on Him. Cast all your anxieties on the back of your heavenly Father because, man, he's got big shoulders. He can handle it. God's not overwhelmed. God's not stressed out. His calendar isn't so full that he's not interested and unconcerned about what is going on in the life of his child. He knows what your situation is. He's on the scene of your life. And I'm telling you, your heavenly Father is greater than anything you have, are, or will ever face. And Jesus says, you've got a Father in heaven who's on the scene of your life. You've got a Father in heaven who cares for you. You're not alone. And so God looks at every situation in the room and he says, I've got this. I've got this. In fact, not only does God say, I've got this, God looks at his children and he says, I've got you. I've got you in the palm of my hand. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You are mine. You've got a heavenly Father that's greater than your situation. And Jesus wants us to know the very first thing. God is your Father. But the second thing he says is this. Your Father will give you what you need. Your Father will give you 
what you need. Now let me just explain that for a second because I don't want anybody to think that you left Summit today and the preacher at Summit said that God's going to give you a million dollars. All right? God's not some vending machine in the sky where you put a quarter in, you come to church, and all of a sudden now God owes you a Benz. Now God owes you a bigger house. Now God owes you a hotter spouse. Because some of you have been praying that. Right? Listen, I'm not talking some prosperity gospel where you can put God in your corner and you can get from God anything that you want. So when I say God will give you what you need, I don't mean God's going to make you rich. God wants you to live in the biggest house. God wants you to have the fattest boat. God wants you to have the nicest ride. I'm not, I don't mean that at all. But let's watch what Jesus says here. Look again if you've got a Bible. Look at the first couple of verses here, verse 22. He says, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Watch this next phrase. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Listen to me. You and I have been conditioned from day one to believe that's not true. You and I have been conditioned from the very beginning. We've been told out of the womb what Jesus just said is not true because we've been told from the beginning life is all about status. Life is all about stuff. Life is all about the house that you live in. Life is all about early retirement. Life is all about climbing the corporate ladder. Life is all about achieving the American dream. And Jesus says here, life is more than that. Somebody in the room, you're looking for something that you can only find in Jesus. There's a Christian in the room, and here's where you're at right now. You're at this place in life where you're saying this, hey, you know what, if I had that, all of my problems would go away. Hey, if I had that, that'd make my life better. Hey, if I had that, that would make me happy. And listen, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that thing that you're looking for. There's probably not. But I bet Jesus brought some Christians here today because he just wants to say to you, life is more than that. So Jesus goes on, and watch what Jesus says in verse 30. He says, all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Jesus says everybody in the world freaks out over the same stuff. Everybody in the world freaks out over status. Everybody in the world freaks out about keeping up with the Joneses. Everybody in the world is freaking out about having that relationship and living in that neighborhood and retiring in that age. And Jesus says, not so with you. See, I love that Jesus takes what's first in so many of our lives and puts it second. And so Jesus says, so many of the world, most people are seeking these things, but that's not what you're supposed to seek. You're supposed to seek me. What if you became, what if you stopped becoming obsessed with what everybody else is obsessed with and you started to become obsessed with me? See, when we say that Jesus, our heavenly father, will give us what we need, here's what I mean. I want you to write this down. I heard somebody say this. This was a big deal for me. I want you to get this. When we say that our father will give you what you need, here's what we mean. God will give you all you need to live if he is all you need to live. Let me say that again because I don't think that some of you are tracking with that. God will give you all you need if he is all that you need. God will give you all that you need if he is all that you need. So some of you walked in the room today and you were thinking this, man, what I need is tighter abs. 
Not you, not, not me, you. I'm, I'm, I'm fine in that area. I'm fine. I don't need tighter abs. I can't get any tighter. Just saying, this is you. But I need a promotion. I need a job. I need obedient kids. I need a better marriage. And you know what's wrong with those things? Nothing. Do those things matter? Absolutely. Are those things important? Yes. Should your family go after some of those things? Probably so. But are those things life? No, it's not, because you can lose those things. Did you know that? You can, you can get the job, and you will lose that job. You can get the American dream, and you are going to lose the American dream. You can get those kids, and you are going to lose those kids. Why? Because you are going to die. Life is more than those things. And so Jesus says, what if we became obsessed with, with, with the one who we will never lose rather than things that we'll always lose? See, here's the choice that we've got, and here's the choice that we've got to make every single day. Am I going to believe anxiety or am I going to believe God? Am I going to believe the voices of anxiety that are running wild in my head telling me that I need this and that if I don't have this, it's all going to fall apart? Am I going to believe the voices of anxiety that says God doesn't know my situation, that says God can't even come through, that says God has up and left the building, that says I don't think we're going to make it out of this one? Or will I believe God who always speaks in truth? Some of you some of you, here's where you're at today. Instead of becoming obsessed with the unknown, what if you became obsessed with the God who is in control of the unknown? I don't know about tomorrow. You're obsessed with tomorrow. But what if you became obsessed with the God who is in control of right now? This isn't for everybody, but this, is, I think, is for a couple of people. Some of you, the reason that you're so, you're, so, you're so anxious and worried about things in this life is because you are way too tied down in this life. Did you know that this isn't it? Christian, did you know this isn't it? You are going to live forever. We're all going to live forever. The question is, where will you live forever? And if you're a child of God, you are already a citizen of heaven. You are already a citizen of his kingdom. And the father who rules that kingdom is your father. This is not it. And so Jesus says, what if we became obsessed with the things that we'll never lose? The choice every day is, am I going to believe the voices of anxiety or am I going to believe the God of truth? And so right now, right now, which voice are you listening to? What's the, what's the loudest voice in your life? When you woke up this morning, what voice did you listen to? When you wake up tomorrow, what voice are you going to listen to? The voice that's telling you it's not going to work out? The voice that's telling you your life is out of control? The voice that's telling you this situation is too far gone? Or are you going to listen to the God of truth that says, I've got this covered. You don't see it, but I'm working this out. And not only do I have this covered, but I've got you in my hand. And listen, you're going to have to make the choice to listen to God, the voice of truth, tomorrow morning, tomorrow in the office, tomorrow in homeroom, at lunch, and every moment of every day until you see Jesus face to face. I just believe that Jesus brought a lot of people here today because he just wanted to remind you, life 
is more. Life is more than what we're obsessed with. Life is more than what we're focused on. Life is more. Some of you that are drowning with anxiety and worry, Jesus just wanted to remind you today, you've got a heavenly Father in heaven who has your back, who has your situation, and he is with you. And some of you are here today, and here's what I want to say to you. You should be freaked out way more than you are right now. You should be way more filled with anxiety. You should be far more afraid than you are right here in the seat because you are losing the thing that you're, li- that you're building your life on. You are losing, as you're in the seat, the things that you're building your life on because you're building your life on all of these things and you're accumulating and you're the definition of the American dream. And I just believe that Jesus wanted to say to you this morning that life is more because if you live this life and you have all these things and you're a success and then you die and you stand in front of Jesus, what matters in that moment is not square footage. What matters in that moment is not how popular you were. What matters in that moment is did you know him? Did you have a relationship with him? And if you don't know what would happen to you in that moment, then today you're in the best place that you can be. If you're uncertain about what would happen to you, if you don't know if you've got a relationship with Jesus Christ, then today is the day that you get that settled. Today is the day that you get that nailed down. In fact, right here in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go to God right there in your seat, right there where you're at, and simply to say to him, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. Save me. Because listen to me, church, life is more. Some of you, you walked in and you're so afraid and you're so filled with anxiety and you're so filled with worry and God just brought you here today because he wanted to remind you that you're his child. And the choice before every one of us is what voice are we going to listen to? Are we going to listen to the voice of anxiety, the voice of worry, or are we going to listen to the voice of truth, God's voice? Would you pray with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you that right now, right now, right now, you are at work in this room. You are with us. And Jesus, I just pray that right now you'd begin to speak into every heart. I believe you have been speaking into people's hearts. God, I believe that you're right here in this room with us today. And Jesus, I pray. I pray that right now, God, for that man or that woman or that child that doesn't have a relationship with you, that today would be the day they give their life to you for the very first time. I pray for that Christian who's drowning in fear, who's drowning in uncertainty. God, would you just begin to speak into their life right now? Speak into their life truth. Speak into their life your presence. Speak into their life your power. Speak into their life your love for them. Father, I pray for that that person, that Christian, that somewhere along the way they started to live like this is it. And Jesus, you're speaking into their life and you're saying, no, it's not. There is more. Jesus, have your way. Have your way in our lives. 
With every head bowed and with every eye closed, no one's looking around. Let me ask you a question today, church. Let me ask you a question. I wonder if you're here today. I believe there's a lot of people here today, and this is where you're at. You walked in, something was really big in your life. Maybe something at school, maybe something with a relationship. Something you're worried about, something you're anxious about, something has gripped your heart. And I wonder if anybody is here, nobody looking around, but in a moment of honesty, you'd say, Mark, there is something that I'm really worried about. There is something that I'm really anxious about. I've got some fear over an issue in my life, and I would like you to pray for me about that. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. That's all I'm going to ask you to do, raise your hand. But if that's you, just hands are going up over here. God bless you. Anybody else, you'd say, Mark, there's a situation in my life I'm really worried. I'm really anxious. I want you to pray for me. Raise your hand. God bless you. There's hands there. There's hands in the middle. Anybody else? You raise your hand right now. Listen, if you just raised your hand, if you just raised your hand, here's what I want you to do. I just want you right there where you, where you sit to, talk, to begin to talk to your heavenly Father about that situation. You've got freedom in Jesus to be honest with your heavenly Father. And I just want you to begin to talk to Him about that situation. Don't cover it up. Don't try to mask your worry and your fear. Just go to your dad, your heavenly Father, and say, I am so scared. Help me. You just begin to be honest with Him right there. Right there where you're at. I believe that there's somebody here, though. Maybe you're here, and God brought you here today because he wanted to remind you, life is more. Life is more than what you've been living for. Life is more. You were going good, and you got off track. You've been drifting. You're drifting away right now, and God's just spoken into your life, and he said, life is more. Is there anybody here? Just let me know by, the, by, by raising your hand. By raising your hand today, I wonder if there's anybody here today, you'd say, Mark, Jesus has spoken to my life today, and I know that he's telling me life is more, and I want to rededicate my walk with him right now. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand right now, if that's you. You say, I was drifting away, but I'm coming back right now. Hands are going up. Anybody else? Here's what I want to ask you. One more thing. If you died right now, and you stood before Jesus... In that moment, I believe that's going to be a moment of clarity. And in that moment, are you going to look at Jesus and realize, hey, you know what? I wasn't perfect, but I had a relationship with him. He, he saved me. That's my Savior. That's, he's the one that it's all about. He's the one that I was made for, that I was saved to know. He's what it's all about. Or are you going to stand in front of Jesus and in that moment, the only thing that you're going to think about is that life, was more than what I lived it for. You had a lot and you were a success, but you didn't have Jesus Christ. And you're going to think back to a moment like this where you could have started a relationship with Him. But at that point, when you're standing in front of Him, it's too late. Right now where you're at, I want to I invite you to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to ask Jesus to save you, to come into your life, make you new and change your life forever so that you can have a relationship with him. I'm going to invite you to say a prayer. Right there where you sit, I'm going to invite you to say a prayer. These are not magic words. You're not saying this out loud. This is just a moment between you and God. And if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to invite you right there where you sit, right there where you sit, right now, to give your life to Jesus Christ. Don't make excuses for why you need to do this next week. Don't lie to yourself and say, hey, you know what? I need, to, I need to improve some things in my life. I need to clean up first. Listen, that's just the devil talking you out of the most important decision you will ever make. If you need to begin a relationship with Jesus and ask him to save you, 
This is your moment. You do it right now. And if you want to do that, I invite you to say this prayer with me right there where you sit. You just say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back from the dead for me. I give my life to you today. Help me to live for you to the best of my ability from this moment forward. Listen, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, did you just pray that prayer? Did you just ask Jesus to come into your life and save you? If you just did, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I count to three, I want you to raise your hand really high up into the air. Really high up into the air. Don't wait. Don't, don't look around. See if, if people are looking at you. This is between you and God. It is the most significant moment of your life if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ right now. As soon as I say three, you raise your hand high into the air. One, two, three. You raise your hand right now if that's you. You want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Raise your hand up right now if that's you today. You do that right now. You take that step. You take that step. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for today. Jesus, thank you that you are greater than anything that we face, anything that we encounter. Jesus, thank you that we've got a heavenly Father who loves us, who cares for us, who is actively on the scene in our lives. Jesus, thank you that you'll give us what we need. If you are what we need, and you are what we need more than anything else, Jesus, there are things that would be extremely helpful. There are things that a lot of families in the room, yes, we do need, but God, the greatest need is a deeper walk with you. The greatest need is a deeper awareness of your presence in our lives. And so, Father, I pray that when we leave today, our desire is to become obsessed with the one who died for us, that we would begin to speak your truth into our lives and and not listen to the voice of fear that wants to sweep the legs out of our faith and our trust in you. Jesus, thank you that you are alive and you are with us today. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen. Church, let's praise God today. Let's thank God for meeting with us here. Now listen, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and I want you to take out that connection card because right now is a significant moment. We want you just to take a moment and fill out that card because I believe that some of you made made decisions today. And listen, any decision that you made, any decision you made, listen, Jesus doesn't want you to make that decision off on your own and not tell anybody about it. If you made the decision to give your life to Christ today, I want you to know that you didn't end something. You just started the most significant relationship of your life. And what I want you to do, I want you to take your connection card, flip it over, and check that box that says, I gave my life to Christ. If you need to be baptized, check that box. Any way we can pray for you, listen, you fill out that card and let us know how we can pray for you and let us know how we can encourage you in your next step. Right here, in just a moment, as I dismiss you, we've got guest service volunteers. They're already ready to go. They've got baskets. Just drop those connection cards in that basket on your way out. I want to remind you about one thing. Tonight at 6 o'clock is Discover Summit. It's going to be in our preschool room, okay, right over there in the Summit Kids area. What's Discover Summit? Discover Summit is our partnership event. If you want to become an official partner, member at Summit, 
We ask everybody that wants to become a partner at Summit to go through Discover Summit. It's about an hour and a half long. Whether you've been baptized or not, whoever you are, if you want to say, if you say, hey, I want Summit to be my church. I want it official, man. I want to make it official. Check out Discover Summit tonight, 6 o'clock. It's going to be an awesome time. Hey, let's stand up. Let's all stand up. Everybody stand up. Hey, next week we're wrapping up our series, Broken First-Time Guests. Don't forget to hit the connection table out there. We got a free gift for you. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. You guys are dismissed. Thanks for coming.